Hello, and welcome back to the Open Books Podcast. Today, we're diving into the plot twisty, the one and only one left. One and only one left? Y'all know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> the only one left yes. by Riley Sager. But before then, let's catch up. I'm Amber. I'm Colby. How you darn? How you darn? <laughs> this book was one of the only ones left. So it was literally like <laughs> the only one you went left. To the bookstore was the, it was the only one there. If you were at Two Fish Books, it was yeah. No, literally, it was the only. Literally. They had one copy left. One. It's because this Copy book, left. It's, did you know it was a 2023 publish? Publishing? I actually did. Publisher? Because I um I was curious and went and looked it up. Oh, I didn't know it was that new until recently. Brand spanking new. It didn't feel like it, I guess, because of the timelines. Like, we're so in the past. I felt like I was, like, so far away I can't, from the present day. <laughs> I can't wait for when we actually start talking about the book. Because, yeah. Your girls are stupid <laughs> No, literally. And if you're here for the book talk, it's oh, it's coming. It's, it's coming. But we've been um, away from this podcast for like two weeks. So there is a lot of catching up to do. So, you know, I'll put a timestamp if you want oh, to yeah. jump to the book book analysis. But once again, hang around. Oh. Hang, hang around. <laughs> I'm like looking around because as Colby's like, we have so much to catch up. I'm like, I can't believe it's been two weeks. I know. Honestly, October just went by in a flash. It really did. I know people always say that, but something about this October in particular, it really flew by. It was like a blink yeah. and it's over. Yeah, today's November 1st. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. I, I don't know if you're that kind of girly. <laughs> no, I am. I am too. I'm going to get down the Christmas decorations ASAP. Mariah Carey's uh, yeah. thawing out. Yeah, like, and I get some people are like, well, you can't skip over Thanksgiving. What about Thanksgiving? And I don't want to skip Thanksgiving. That's not it. But why can't we enjoy Thanksgiving with the Christmas lights up? Absolutely. Precisely. I want to be taking the turkey out of the oven. Let's be <laughs> real. Like, I'm, I am not the turkey. <laughs> no, me either. I do not prepare the turkey. No. But... When I watch mm-hmm. said turkey come out the oven, <laughs> I do want the Christmas tree up. Yeah. We're like the, the kind of girls that bring dessert. Oh, you know? my gosh. <laughs> hey, are you stopping at Walmart before you head over? <laughs> right. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I forgot to get the fucking eclairs. <laughs> <laughs> the cupcakes. I'm not going to lie, though. I've been making some mean fucking cookies. Really? Yes. From the Jesse James Decker cookbook. Mm. You Just are Jesse James Decker girl. I am. <laughs> well, I have her cookbook, and she oh. has these um, like pumpkin chocolate chip cookies. Yum, delicious. And then I just made chocolate chip oatmeal cookies mm. last night for Halloween. I'm sorry. There's nothing better than like a fresh cookie out the no. oven from your house, homemade. I'm talking yeah. like all-purpose flour, a what? little bit of. I'm wow. not kidding. Like I bring some of those to school. I Why are you gatekeeping these cookies? Yeah, bull in the cook. Well, you know, I get a little nervous when it's like, yeah, here you go. Everyone yeah, because what if someone's like, you I'd be heartbroken. Like, I turn around, they're like spitting the cookie into the trash can. I will. I'll be so Actually, hurtful. Actually, no, I won't. No, I'm. We're, we're doing way too much spiritual spiritual <laughs> growth for that. Should we? We'll, let's dive in. Let's just dive in. <laughs> How many tangents are we going to go on tonight? It's just. Let's keep counting. It's been too long. Yeah, I know. Okay, but. Seriously. Mm-hmm. You have good news? Yes. Good news was that Halloween just passed. Yes. And it was last night, actually. Last night. Um, we took the kids to, like, a little quiet neighborhood. And I love that. it was really nice. Normally, we go to, like, the big streets where they do mm-hmm. the blowouts, which are so fun. But it was nice to go to a little quiet neighborhood. Okay. If I'm being honest, though, it was 
a bit of a downer because there wasn't as many like houses and I think the yeah. kid Matthew was kind of like what's going on where are the people this is suspicious <laughs> I thought there's supposed to be like you know ginormous blow-ups and there wasn't that the houses weren't decorated it's just like it was like every other house or every other two houses. So you had to do gotcha. more. It was so there more was like a little stretch. Yeah, you had to walk a little bit before you got to the next. Were people house. sitting outside, or was it like the experience where mm-hmm. he had to like go up, knock on a door, and say trick or treat? People were sitting outside, but it was like at their doors. You know, uh, see, like, I think that's so nice. Me too. And it was really, it felt traditional and it felt like more intimate. So it was really sweet for me. But yeah. I think like last year, you know, the neighborhoods where we live, they go all out, and it's like every single house. It's like yep. these, you know, it's a big houses. Do it real big. So he was, like, expecting that. So he's mm-hmm. like, why am I walking a block to get to a house? Candy. But, yeah, but he needed. He needs to know. He needs to be humbled a little bit. Just yeah. a little. Yeah, this is how we used There's to do it back in the day. That. And he ended up actually really enjoying it, though, so that was fun. That's nice. Yes. What is your good news? Um, My good news is that Thanksgiving break is right around the corner. True. 13 days away. Mm. School days. Mm-hmm. So... That's amazing. I know. I didn't even realize how close that was. 13 days. Like, if you're a teacher, you know this is the hardest stretch to get through. Yes. August to Thanksgiving break. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the year flies by. It flies. It's pretty much over after Oh, it's over. Like, the year's done. Leaps right around the corner. Mm-hmm. State testing. Wrap it up. It's done. Hello, summer. <laughs> Literally. Let's do it all again. <laughs> okay. So that was great news. Yeah. Next, we're going to do the weekly report. Which weekly I love report. this segment. I love uh, this segment. It needs to stay forever. It does. It really gives us a, a chance report. to talk about everything we want to catch up on. And it's formatted. And we love a good format. We love a good structure. We love structure. <laughs> okay. And the weekly report is brought to you by Drink Root. So, I have a question. Have you ever wanted to relax, but you just can't seem to unwind? All the time. <laughs> Same. Okay. If this speaks to you, meet instant kava from Drink Root. Kava is an ancient plant from the South Pacific Islands. The roots are used to create a soothing tonic that can induce deep relaxation and a sense of well-being, so you can let go and tune inward. The process to make this drink is time-consuming and cumbersome, so Drink Root offers traditionally pre-made dehydrated juices for you to enjoy anytime, anywhere. I personally have been drinking the raw Epicure when I come to record the podcast with Amber, and I am genuinely loving it. It's a great alternative to an alcoholic drink because it gives you that nice, warm, and relaxing feeling, but without the headaches and the slurred speech that alcohol often brings upon myself. So if you're interested, head over to drinkroot.com, try out some kava, and very shortly we will have a link for y'all to click on to make it real easy. I love that. Love it. Oh, yeah. I really I, do enjoy yeah. the drink root kava. Me too. Me too. I've never tried anything like it before, so it's been like a really cool experience, and I really, really am enjoying it. See, real and shit. I, real shit. <laughs> real shit. Real shit. Only real I shit have tried mm-hmm. drinks that are very similar. Mm-hmm. And I will say that Drink Root definitely had that, I don't want to, mm, like a euphoric feeling. Yeah. Like, no, like the way they describe it is how you feel. Yeah. You get that it's warm, euphoric, like relaxing feeling you get on you. It's so yeah. calming. Yeah. Like, I think it's cold right now, mm-hmm. right, in our, in New Orleans. Finally. If I had a nice glass of yes. drink root and put on like a Hallmark movie. That and sounds... I'm just like relaxing. Yes. With my cookies. <laughs> with the homemade cookies with fresh the homemade out of the oven. Cookies. POV. You got the drink root, the homemade cookies in a Hallmark movie. In sweatpants. Yeah, like freshly bathed. 
skincare done. Wait, the everything shower. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. A lip mask on. Under eye patches. <laughs> Honestly, need that right now. No, I might do that this week. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really That's, nice. <laughs> sounds While incorrect. the husbands go hunting. So cute, oh by gosh, the way. Oh my gosh, how cute is that? I know, I love that. Our husbands are going hunting together. Love. Okay, so with your... With your the weekly report. Yay. Um, R for reading. You go first. Okay. So Colby and I are actually both reading this, but I'm just yes. going to jump in. Yes. The Untethered Soul. Yeah. Let's it's talk about it. Unlike any book I have ever read in my entire life, and I'm only on chapter six. Same. It has 100% unlocked a portion of my brain, of my thinking, and I'm having thoughts I've never had before. So I went on this, is it spiritual journey? Like, I don't know how else I would describe it. But basically, if you know me and you follow me on Instagram and stuff, like I'm always like journal manifesting. Cool. Probably. I think like I started getting into that during COVID because I was like, what else do I do? What else to do? There's got to be more to life than this clearly. Right. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I was like on the cusp of it. And a couple of years ago, like Colby and I were talking about like shadow work and ego death. So like we've always talked about these mm-hmm. concepts and then we started reading The Untethered Soul and it was like, whoa. Yeah, totally agree. We've always like dabbled in the concepts and you especially have like started to teeter around doing the actual yeah. work. But it is crazy. Like two years ago, we really started being like ego death, which we can dig way deeper into that too. Yeah. But since reading this book, I completely agree about, I feel like I have unlocked a portion of my brain that I did not know existed. And I know it sounds dramatic, but it's so true. It's and not I am dramatic. only on chapter six too. There's so much more. I'm really trying to take it slow, to be honest, and like um, really dive into it. I'm prob- It's probably a book I'm going to read again in over my lifetime. Yeah. yeah. Like I'll probably come back to it. But it has been like really eye-opening. Basically, it's all about, and I don't even know exactly what it's all about because it's a really big concept to grasp, but just like dabbling in it, I already feel like my life has changed. I know that's yeah. kind of crazy to say. It's because the way in which you think mm-hmm. has changed or you are working on the way in which you think. And right. I think that's life-changing in itself. Yeah. Like, no, it is. Day-to-day task, the way that, and I'm sure you're the same way, mm-hmm. the way I would respond things or the way I would talk to myself like all of that is changing mm-hmm. and it's like I just got goosebumps because it's I know. so it's it, it, and, the, and the cool thing is like anyone can do it yes anyone yeah and I feel like get I into am this. proof of that because I have never read a self-help book to be honest I've always been like I just don't want to like I don't want to read anything I'm not interested in self-help but this book I don't even know if it's self-help I think it's I guess it would be categorized as self-help, but it's like just uh, awakening to a part of you that you didn't know really was there. Yeah. It's like you have the Bible mm-hmm. and the untethered soul. And you have the untethered soul. Yeah. Or like, you know, whatever your equivalent to the Bible would be. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. Right. Whatever you really believe in as the, d- the divine intervention. There's so much to talk about with it we're gonna have we will do a whole episode i think we should dedicate an episode to that book yeah yeah i agree well i did okay so that was that's what i have on here too but i took a uh, quote from the book because i thought for the people who are like okay girls we know you love this book but what is it it's something you really have to read for yourself but 
this quote might give you a little bit like of an idea. I feel like what it's taught me so far is to just become aware, like acutely aware, cognitively aware of like your own consciousness and your own thoughts. 100%. And that changes everything because if you feel yourself having a reaction that is only bringing you negative feelings, when you're like aware of it, it's so much easier to detach yourself from it. I've never been aware really of my own thoughts, only that I hate them. Because you are not your thoughts. Like we are not our thoughts. Yeah. And I think just kind of like, Mm -hmm. that's what you're saying. Yes. Because that was like a big aha for me too. Yeah. Yeah. We're not our, I thought. Yeah, that's me. That's me. These are my thoughts. That's who I am. This is how I am. The intrusive, chaotic thoughts that are in your head at all times. I mean, you don't turn them off. That I'm sure we all have. Yeah. And the book kind of talks about your inner roommate, which is the voice in your head and how to detach from it and look at it like a roommate or someone that lives with you and how to kind of like shut it off when you need to and take what you take what you can from it and and push away what you don't need from it. So this is the quote. If you're willing to be objective and watch all of your thoughts, you will see that the vast majority majority of them have no relevance. They have no effect on anything or anybody except you. They are simply making you feel better or worse about what is going on now, what has gone on in the past, or what might go on in the future. If you spend your time hoping that it doesn't rain tomorrow, you are wasting your time. Your thoughts on the rain don't change it. It's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yes, and obviously we still have, like, way more to do if you're like, what are y'all talking about? We're, we're still figuring out. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting Read to be very, yeah, it's interesting now this past two weeks since reading it, how aware I am of my own thoughts and how much better it has made my life. Really. Being aware. Mm-hmm. Just being aware. Like we are all just experiencing mm-hmm. life. Yeah. And detach from the thoughts. Yeah. From the chaotic voice that's in your head 24-7, if you can recognize it, be aware of it, and detach from it, so much of your everyday experience is so much better. Yep. So we'll keep you updated on that. We will definitely <laughs> keep you all updated because – yeah. I could go, we really could go on and on Yeah, about just what's been going on, going on in our lives the mm-hmm. past two and a half weeks. So, mm-hmm. but we'll get there. Yeah. Cause it's, are you, do you have it in one of your weekly <laughs> reports? Cause I do. I do. Okay. Maybe we should just, and that go was just on it. the book. I know. Well, let's just go into it and then we'll get into everything else after. So, cause okay. mine is on, are you what? recommending? Mine was on treating, treating myself. Treating. Because I feel like I'm treating myself to this course. And mine's on obsessing. Okay, so perfect. All right. Okay, well, the course is called The Clarity Catalyst that we're taking. It's with Ashley Deaton, who was on our previous episode. Yes. So we're in this class. We're meeting like once a week for eight weeks. We've only done two classes. We've done right? three. Three classes, yeah. We've done, yeah, because this is week three. Okay, so we've yeah, done yeah. three weeks mm-hmm. of, well, three and a half weeks of work. Mm-hmm. We've met three times. We meet for 90 minutes. Yep. And it's an incredible group of women. Yep. Who, it's just so nice to be able to talk to people that truly are going through, like, some of the same things you're going through, but you mm-hmm. would never guess. Yeah. It's so true. And it just, it, I don't know, it, like, grounds you yeah. in the work that we're doing. It does. It's soul work, which is, it like, is what work. Ashley's all about. Like, just yeah. working on yourself, your soul, your thoughts like how to control them and like ultimately reach like a higher self or like a higher yes. way of thinking, your highest potential. It's so, I've, I've told, I've talked to you about this already, mm-hmm. but um, I think throughout this journey of, because you know, one of the biggest questions in the book 
going back real quick, is mm-hmm. who am I? Right. And it's such a difficult question to answer because typically we would want to say, I'm happy, I'm this, mm-hmm. I enjoy this, and that's great. But, like, who are you? Like mm-hmm. To your core. To your core. Who are you? And it's a very loaded question. Right. Um, where was I going with that? Just, I don't know. There's, that's the thing There's about this There's a reason. Class. Maybe, like, what the whole point of it is, is to, like, oh, really dig yes, deep into. yes, because you were, wow. <laughs> anyway, all of that so many to thoughts. say, when I first started, before Clarity Catalyst, and we yeah. would just, like, talk about all the things, mm-hmm. I thought thought that the ultimate goal was to become a new version of myself Mm -hmm. and that's actually not like in the three weeks that we've met and talked and had our group discussions and worked with Ashley yes there is no Mm -hmm. becoming a new version of yourself right you already are you you. thinking but Mm -hmm. you are you Mm mm-hmm to, to your, your core. core. Yeah, your soul. So it's like you are actually going back to the soul. You've always. Yes. Yeah. And it's like Colby said, like you said, being aware. Mm-hmm. And it's I like think this acute is, awareness that we're having. It's y'all. It's so eye opening. I can't even. Yeah. Like we probably sound different. <laughs> Everyone's like, what the what the hell are these bitches talking about? Where have y'all been? We're well, actually, we're like. In the midst of our mist, mist. <laughs> the yeah. mi- I said mist. Oh, though. the mist. We're the in mist. the midst of our spiritual awakening. Yeah, it's so much fun. I'm having like so much fun learning all this stuff. Me too. And on the one thing that really stuck with me the first time, mm-hmm. the first time we met, she actually asked this. I forget what question it was, but it was like, "What brings you like genuine joy? Like, think about this for a second. Like, what in your life do you feel like at peace, happy?" joy and we all thought about it and we talked about it and she was like pay attention to that because those are the things that should be your priority and when you're able to detach from all the other chaotic thoughts in your head that are non-stop 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 that's when you really can bring yourself to that what brings you joy and we all and experience of that, it in the moment experience it in the moment so like each week we get I call them I mean, it is our soul work, but mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, my challenge is this week. Yeah. Like, and I'm so excited for them, but it's journaling. It's mm-hmm. meditating. Can we just talk about the meditation part of this? I know. I know. And for me, never meditated once in my life, ever. Like, always was like, there's no way I could sit alone with my own thoughts. Literally, nothing sounds scarier to me than being alone with my own thoughts. Oh, I get that. For but sure. But now that I'm learning how to detach from my own thoughts, I am. I feel up to the challenge to make meditation more of a practice yes I've um I'm not gonna say I have it perfect yeah but I've meditated more Mm -hmm. right meditated more in the past three and a half two and a half weeks Mm -hmm. than I have in my entire life yeah and like my day-to-day like my well-being I just feel better so much better yeah y'all like I can't recommend this I know people enough please go get this book y'all like Maybe we could do a whole, you know, we should do a whole podcast episode on the book. No, we should. If this is, you know, sounds intriguing to any of y'all, go follow Ashley Deaton from our last episode because I'm sure yes. she's going to do the course again. Oh, yeah. And um, take yeah the course. Yeah. It's so worth it. It is so worth it. We could talk like forever about it. We could. <laughs> but that's the general, like what we've been doing these last two weeks, really. So that's where to. we've been. Yeah. It's where we will remain. <laughs> it's where we're going to remain. I just, I'm just so, like today, Josh was like, you're in such a good mood. And I'm I know, like, I know. that's because I feel really good in my head. Yeah. Like, I've never felt really good in my head 
ever. No, literally never. Nothing haunts me more in life than my own thoughts. Genuinely. No, literally, I'm like, <laughs> we'll be... It's always when I'm taking a shower. Oh, the worst. And I'm like, I can't believe you said that sophomore year of high school. Right. Like, right. What an idiot you are. And then jumping to like, I, I was acutely aware in, in the bathtub the other night. I didn't realize it until I was like 10 minutes into this scenario that I was creating in my head of something that never happened. Mm-hmm. And it was making me so stressed out. My heart was beating fast. I was like, Thinking about a situation that was causing conflict between me and another person that literally never, never happened. happened. I was just thinking, what if this happened? See, and that's how powerful your mind is. Yes. You were you yourself were yes. giving you your physical body anxiety, physically. panic. Yeah. So like you obviously can bring calmness, yeah, and peace to your own body too, just by mm-hmm. your mind. I just what think a- that's so cool. No, it really is. Y'all have to read the book, please. And if you want us to shut up, we're not. <laughs> We won't. We won't. <laughs> but we stand. No, we stand so hard. This has been so much fun. We are so, like new girlies. Yes. But should we move on? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, guys. What you been eating? <laughs> Ooh, still in my Reese's Halloween candy kick. You have to f- finish yeah, it. I have strong. to finish out strong. And then, like, with the weather getting cold, I think I'm gonna start really like digging into my crockpot gumbo, like um, red beans and rice. There's one couple recipe easy meals throw in the crock pot really warm that's what I'm gonna be looking forward to like chilly weather Mm -hmm. yeah like chilly weather chilly weather exactly so last week and you know what slight flex Mm -hmm. I was waking up in the morning celery juice bitch making a little juice for me a little juice for Josh does Pure. it taste like ass? Like, be for real. Um, it's it's not good. <laughs> it's, it's not, not good. good at all. Um, but it's good for you. It's good for you. Yeah, we were doing like every other day. Mm-hmm. Um, just straight up celery. Wow. I add a little water mm-hmm. and make it a little I, less thick. <laughs> and then I do um, like a little bit of ginger in there. But it really is so good for you. I hear like it that's is good like for one you. of the best things you could do. And then the weekend comes and I had McDonald's. Yeah. Two weekends in a row. So. No, I ate like shit this weekend. It like, was I real felt bad. so bad. Yeah. But every time I got McDonald's, it was so delicious. You know, sometimes you get McDonald's and it just, it doesn't hit and you're like, I regret this because it's not that good. It hit this weekend. Yeah. It hit for me too. For sure. It was good. Um, playing? Playing. Okay. The Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. Very, very good. Um, same creator of Haunting of Hill House, Bly Manor. I know we were talking about this, but those are my favorite shows. Those are like my type of shows. That's my genre. I don't really know mm-hmm. what it is, but I would consider it like gothic horror thriller. They Psychological. are excellent shows. Yes. Like something about the production of them is so well They're done. They're dark. Dark. Yes. Yeah. I wish I could. Uh, like I the actual visuals are dark. You know what I mean? So good. Everything about it is so good. The production quality, all the, the actors casting, and yep. the casting. It's so I good. I like how the cast is, like, recycled. They're all, like, so high quality. It almost is like an American Horror Story because yes. they recycle their cast, mm-hmm. too. But it's I, different. It's yes. not the same. No, it it's definitely more of a, I don't know, production. Yeah. Not that American Horror Story is not a production, but the Netflix budget is unreal. You can't, yeah. You can't touch yeah. a Netflix budget. If, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. But nothing beats, like, cinematic history for me than the bent ne- neck lady. 
Do you remember that from The Haunting of Hill House? Yes. That was just like such the best full circle storyline ever. Neck lady. Yes. I want to so rewatch good. now. Yeah, you got to rewatch it. It's so good. It, y'all, that's a good show. Yeah, and so the Fall of House of Usher had like the same vibes. Really good. I, I, I started episode one. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing stuff, so it became background noise, and that is not a background No, no you have show. to watch. I have to watch it. Yes, you have to watch it. Okay, what about you? Um, I actually have The Haunting of the Queen Mary. Ooh, I never heard of that. Okay, so it's on Hulu. Okay. And I definitely wouldn't say it's, like, good. Okay. <laughs> but it was intriguing and interesting. Okay. So Queen Mary is a ship. Similar in looks to Titanic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, legend says that it's haunted. Okay. Like, hey, wait, is it true? It's an actual ship? It's an actual ship. Oh, okay. You know, I I fell into the rabbit hole one, yeah. once I watched something. Yes. Um, but the premise of the movie is that there are souls of ghosts mm. trapped in the... I love that premise. Uh, almost said book. In the ship. Mm-hmm. And they try to escape by possessing or clinging to people that come onto the ship. Ooh. But it's like the way in which it was filmed Mm -hmm. is very cool because it goes back and forth between like 19, Mm -hmm. I might get this wrong, 1930 something, Mm -hmm. present day. Present day, it's like on display. It's like a museum. Oh, that's cool. Yes. And it goes, it flips and it shows like throughout its run mm-hmm. the different ghosts in the real that. time oh, so like one like who they actually were as people. yeah so like the this man like axed his family mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, God. and like axed people in the boat his soul's floating around and then in world war he's just II, like gonna, he's trying to hop on whoever whatever passenger yeah. comes on next and in world war ii they would like pack oh, german soldiers onto right. the boat even oh. though and I looked it up. That was that was true. Wow. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. So it showed, I like, like all the soldiers, like, packed in. There was, yeah. like, one where legend – it was, like, so many people that allegedly died on this boat. Mm-hmm. It was it was interesting wa- to watch. Yeah. But that's on Hulu. Okay. I'm go- I will be watching The that. Haunting of the Queen Mary. Haunting of Queen Mary. Yeah. Love it. What What's next? Obsessing. You were obsessing I over? A, yeah. Clarity Catalyst, which I also am obsessing over this course, but yeah. I'm also obsessing over Olivia Rodrigo's new album. I'm just preparing myself for the concert. But, you know, when you first listen to an album and you're like, oh, I just don't know. Like, yeah. That's how I felt about it when I first listened. But after listening for weeks and weeks and weeks, I am officially obsessed. Love every song, every lyric. It's all so good. When I think of Olivia Rodrigo, I think of you. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. I am. If anyone stands her, it's me. It's you. I love her. Um, Recommending? Going on walks yeah. and just listening to a nice podcast. Short and sweet. That's what I've got. Necessary. That's like good. the open book. Listen to us. Yeah. Listen to us. I'm recommending Tanologist face tanning drops. I've been putting them on like every two to three days. You just mix it with your moisturizer. It's a little, not the mosquito in here. Don't be biting me. God, it just spooked me. Ooh. Tanologist face drops. You just put like two little drops in your moisturizer. You rub it in real good. And your face is tan. Wait. Do you love how that mosquito was just, like, going straight in yeah. between your eyes? Yeah. Um, it's mosquito season. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Because I, I love a good. I love a tan face. Tan face. And, yeah. like, your neck, too. And you have been looking, like, glowing. It's, it's a tanologist drops. Oh, my God. I thank like you so it. much. 
Yeah, something about like a tan face and neck. It's okay if the rest of your body's pale, especially because it's cold right now. I just mm-hmm. throw on a sweater. No one knows what's under here. No one knows. And I got the tan neck, so no one knows. Now I want to go home and tan my face. <laughs> okay. Treating? Treating. Well, I was treating myself to the Clarity Catalyst. Mm-hmm. What are you treating yourself to? To a headicure massage. Ooh. Have you seen on TikTok where they you like lay on the bed and it's got like the little round thing that goes over your hair and it like trickles water and it's like dun. sounds and they so play good. like the music and they just massage and wash your hair and then they blow it out and you like drink a glass of tea. Yeah, I wish that was me so bad. I have seen those videos okay. on TikTok. They have one. You must have like sweet I know. Blood or something. Sorry, all these mosquitoes like coming for me. They have one in New Orleans, Hair Luxy Spa. Oh wow! And it's. But the you prices? didn't? No. Oh. That's like my treat when I make it to Thanksgiving break. You deserve that. I want to get that. So too. I need to book it so I can go. Yeah. Yeah. And they like oh, massage no. your shoulders. I've seen yeah. the video, so. Sometimes when I'm watching those videos, I like start to get a tingly feeling. ASMR. Because I'm like picturing. Yeah. That's what it is. I weirdly like ASMR too. I'll sometimes put on ASMR to go to sleep. I need to try that. But I don't scroll past like good ASMR videos and I get the little tingle feel and I'm like, is this weird? I don't care. On YouTube, this, y'all, this is, like, really weird <laughs> and niche, I guess. It's more niche. But, yeah. like, I don't think people know this about me. Let's hear at it. At all. <laughs> um, but to go to sleep sometimes, I will put on ASMR. Mm-hmm. And they have this one girl. What's her name? I think it's, like, Josie B. Mm-hmm. ASMR. Mm-hmm. But she, she like, role plays. Okay. I love that. <laughs> so it's, like, get your makeup done by your bestie. <laughs> and you're just, like, yeah. <laughs> But I'm not kidding. I guess it's like, I just like close my eyes. Like, yeah. I guess some people listen no. to rain and I am yeah. like, hello. Yeah. There's a science really to that. ASMR, 100%. The there is a tingles. reason that so many people like it. So, I'm I just look. announced that to everyone. Yeah. But I know. I'm not I, kidding. It, it's, I it's watch just those. relaxing. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't really watch, I just listen. And it just, oh my God. I need to do it. I need to just close my eyes and listen because I usually watch the videos with. My headphones, like, I hear mm-hmm. it, and I see them doing whatever they have to the oh, mic. Oh, I bet you it, it really... It really gets me with the AirPods. I was going to say, tickles the brain. Yes, it does. All right, well, that was a long-ass yeah, recap. Thank y'all was. for sticking around, Do but... you have any, like, um, pop culture things? Not really. We... Did we talk about Travis and Taylor on here? I don't think we did. I think we, like... It was when it was first was rumored. Fresh. Yeah. Yeah, like, I like it. I'm not, like, obsessing over it as much as everybody. Like, they're cute, no. but, like, it is what it is for yeah, me. me too. I'm like, yeah, she's, she she does deserve a really hot boyfriend. I yeah. think Travis Kelsey is fun as fuck. He I think is, he's so he, hot. He is hot. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> but I was going to go down a rabbit hole of, like, yeah, cute NFL players, but, yeah, I digress. Maybe that's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let's listen to Amber and Colby talk for an hour about hot NFL hot players. Hot NFL players. <laughs> Okay, I think that was it as far as our recap. I think that was it. Yeah. Stay tuned for our Clarity Catalyst recap, our Untethered Soul recap. We will be continuing our journey with y'all because it's so interesting. 100%. All right, so summary of the book. Let's get it. This is for the girls, the guys, the gays, everyone. And everyone in between. And everyone in between who did not read the book but still want to listen to the episode. If you did read the book, like, you probably need the summary, too, because the book was so fucking confusing. It was so confusing. I still don't really know what happened, but the summary has definitely helped me. I, I had to, like, um, get a little help with the summary. Like, I had to go on Goodreads and be like, wait, what happened here? Like, when I was putting it all together. When I was going back from my analysis, I'm like, I'm going to, I was jotting down my thoughts, and then I was like, okay, when Colby does the summary, 
mm-hmm. I'm going to feel more like, okay, now it's coming back to me. Yes. For the longest time, this is why in the beginning I was like, stupid. <laughs> because for the longest time I'm like, I texted Colby and I was like, why is everyone 100 years old? I even <laughs> oh, yeah. texted my mom. I was like, I don't get it. Everyone's old in this book. And she's like, well, not really. Because if it happened in 1929 and it's the 80s, I'm like. Yeah. They're just fully grown adults now. <laughs> oh, I missed that. I thought it was like 2023 and they're talking about something that happened in 19. 19- uh, no, but it was. I was the so confused. of it all really confused me, especially because it was written in 2023. So it felt fresh, the writing, but the the time the timelines in which the characters were living in didn't feel like the 1920s to me. No. Interesting. It didn't. But yeah. anyway, that's, we that was my really confusing tidbit. <laughs> okay, well, here's a summary. I did condense it as much as I could, but y'all know how this shit goes. Okay, just listen. Listen. Just movie. kick back, relax. Okay, listen back, to relax. Colby's peaceful voice. And if you did, yeah, ASMR. If you did read the book and you don't want the summary, just skip like five minutes, and then we'll get to the analysis. Okay. So our story is told in dual timelines from the perspective of the present day in the 1980s, told by Kit, and past days in the 1920s, told by Lenora Hope, or who we believe to be Lenora Hope. Kit is a girl in her early 30s, I think, I was confused on her age, who is reeling from the death of her mother and her estranged relationship with her father. She recently lost her job as a caregiver due to an incident that happened where a patient under her care died of an overdose of fentanyl which led to Kit being on probation and under criminal investigation. We find out later in the book that the patient who died under her care was actually her own mother, who was very sick and in pain. Kit was in charge of her medications and begged Kit for pills, fentanyl, to ease her pain. She asked Kit to leave the bottle of pills for her overnight in case she needed one more, and much to Kit's dismay, she died of an overdose that night. Kit never ended up being formally charged for this, though. So, after this, she was unable to find any other jobs, and her old boss decided to take her back under the condition that she becomes the full-time, live-in caretaker for a woman named Lenora Hope. So, Lenora Hope has a really dark past, and so does her home, which is a mansion on a cliff located right on an ocean side. The mansion is rapidly decaying, falling apart, and literally leaning on the edge of this cliff. It holds disturbing secrets of one fateful night in the 1920s where Lenora's entire family was murdered. The family consists of mom, dad, and two sisters named Lenora and Virginia. On that infamous night, the entire family was murdered, and the only one left was Lenora Hope, who was accused of stabbing her mother and father and hanging her sister Virginia with a rope. Lenora, in present day, is confined to her home at Hope's End. She is paralyzed entirely besides a minimal movement in her right hand due to several illnesses such as polio and having many strokes that left her unable to move or talk. She requires full care around the clock, and her last caregiver named Mary unexpectedly fled without without a reason. Later in the book, we find out that Mary has been murdered by being pushed off the cliff. We'll come back to who did this towards the end. So now we're going to travel back to the past for a second where this infamous riddle was created. It goes, at 17, Lenora Hope hung her sister with a rope, stabbed her father with a knife, took her mother's happy life. We find out that nobody in the family really had a happy life, though. The mansion where the family lived, called Hope's End, had a full staff on the job at all times. At the time of the murders in 1929, Mrs. Baker was the housekeeper and Archie was the chef. They both still remain on Hope's End in the present-day timeline in their same positions. Apparently, Mrs. Baker went away for a few years after the murders and never left again when she decided to come back. All the staff for that house was gone that murderous night, and Lenora never confessed to hurting anyone. There was no substantial evidence against her, so she remained confined to her house for the rest of her life. When Kit arrives at Hope's End in the present day, 
She's met by Miss Faker, who is now an el elderly woman who is very tiny and frail, but also very fierce. She has a poised accent and strict rules for Kit to follow. She says Lenora, or as she calls her, Mrs. Hope, is not allowed to go outside. She must always stay inside and be taken care of there. Kit gets acquainted with some other, other staff members at Hope's End, including Carter, who's the groundskeeper, young and handsome, and Jessie, who's the maid, young and beautiful. Jessie and Kit develop somewhat of a friendship, same with Kit and Carter, but mostly Kit spends all of her time with Lenora Hope. She feeds her, bathes her, keeps her alive. She feels very conflicted about Laura, Lenora because she's hopeless, but also seems kind of sweet. Although Kit can't get the images of her murdering her entire family decades ago out of her head. Lenora can communicate only by tapping with her right hand, two taps for yes and one tap for no. Her and Kit speak this way until the moment that Lenora shows Kit that she can actually use a typewriter to write with her working hand. Slowly but surely, Lenora starts to open up to Kit about her past. She uses a typewriter with the help of Kit to start laying out a timeline of the events that night back in 20, 1923. After the storytelling begins, Kit starts to have very strange and creepy experiences in the old mansion. She hears noises all throughout the night up in Lenora's room. She starts to feel like someone in the house is lying. Someone knows more about the murders, and she starts to feel like Lenora Hope is capable of much more than she lets on. Since the story goes back and forth between timelines, I'm just going to say here the truth about what happened that night and lay it all out there. The book has way too many twists and turns to follow the exact layout. Okay, so here's one of the huge plot twists that kind of happen, happens first. We find out that present-day Lenora Hope is actually her sister, Virginia Hope. So, let's go back to the past now. In 1923, Lenora and Virginia live under the harsh reign of their father. He's cruel, he likes to keep the family trapped in the house, he has many affairs with women, including Mrs. Baker. Their mother's checked out, bedridden, hates their father. The sisters, Lenore and Virginia, don't have a very close or loving relationship. They seem to kind of taunt each other and just not really get along. 17-year-old Virginia Hope falls in love with a boy named Ricky, who we also think is Ricardo, a seasonal worker for the house, and they spend all of their time sneaking around the house to be together. Virginia falls pregnant, and she hides her pregnancy from the whole family because she doesn't want to jeopardize it, as she knows her father would never allow her to keep the baby. Virginia ends up telling Miss Baker about the pregnancy and blackmails her to get her help. Her help. She had seen Mrs. Baker and her father sleeping together, so Virginia used it to her advantage to get Mrs. Baker to help her. She begins making plans to run away with Ricky until one night her sister Lenora catches her in her room, packing all of her things. She sees her very pregnant stomach. Lenora locks Virginia in her room, telling her she won't let her go, and then Virginia begins to go into a very tribulating labor. The baby is born a boy, and Virginia is holding him, about to place him in his mother's arms when their father comes in and demands that Lenora takes the baby away and gives her to Miss Baker. Virginia cries and begs for her baby back, but their father won't allow it. He sends the baby off with Miss Baker, and she never sees either of them again. She's alone in her room in unfathomable pain from the grief and the hard labor when she takes the knife that was used to cut her umbilical cord and heads for the two male voices she hears in the house. She finds her father and Ricky standing there, her father giving Ricky bribery money to take and pretend like Virginia was never pregnant. $50,000. Ricky takes the money, breaking Virginia's heart. That is when Virginia's mother comes in, sees what's happening, takes the knife, and stabs her father, killing him in front of Virginia and Ricky. She tells Ricky to take Virginia out of the room, and when she stumbles out behind them, she too is bleeding from stab wounds. She pries at Ricky, telling him awful things like, you will never amount to anything, in hopes of getting him to stab her and put her out of her pain. After she, after she pushes Ricky over the edge, he does take the knife and stabs Virginia's mother, ending her life. Ricky then leaves the house. Virginia is now overcome with grief and emotion. She runs up to her room, takes a rope, and hangs herself. 
This is when Lenora walked in her room and saw Virginia hanging and saw her two parents dead. She calls 911. When the police were there, they found Virginia's suicide attempt failed and she was still alive. She lived for six months in the hospital while Lenora was accused of killing the entire family, though the truth was that she never actually did it. So now we're going to go back to the present day and see how all of these players from the past and present together lead us to the end of the book. After a few days of working at the mansion, as Lenora, or actually Virginia's caregiver, Kit discovers the body of Mary Milton, the old caregiver, on the beach below Hope's End. Kit realizes that before she was hired, Lenora actually typed out all of her story to Mary first, which is why she was killed. Mary and Carter, the groundskeeper, were working together to see if Carter was actually the grandchild of Lenore Hope. Turns out he wasn't, but Mary decided to take the blood from Lenore to test it, and after she was murdered, uh, sorry, after that she was murdered. Kit then finds out that Virginia Hope is not actually dead. Instead, she's the woman who has been pretending to be the paralyzed Lenore Hope this whole time. Present-day Miss Baker is actually the real Lenore Hope. In 1929, after the murders, the real Lenore Hope decided she needs to take control over her own life, and since Virginia was in the hospital in compromising and vulnerable state, she bribed a doctor to pronounce Virginia as dead and make her the new Lenore Hope. The real Lenore took on the persona of Mrs. Baker and went away to live her life in Europe for a couple of years. So Kip becomes overwhelmed with all these secrets, lies, and danger in the house and decides to leave her job and return home to her father's house, calling him and telling him that Virginia and Lenore have been lying the whole time. When she arrives, we find out that the person who murdered Mary, her old caretaker, was actually Kit's father, Patrick. Mary's suitcase was at Patrick's house, and Patrick was nowhere to be found. Kit makes the connection and realizes that Ricky, the boy who got Virginia pregnant in 1929, was actually her father. Ricky was his nickname back then. He is the father of Virginia's long-lost child. Kit rushes back to Hope's End as she knows that's where her father is headed because he knows that Virginia is actually alive and wants to conceal his secrets. Kit confronts Mrs. Baker, who admits to being the real Lenora Hope. The real Miss Baker took the baby to Canada, married, and raised him as Grandmother Baker. When the baby grew up, he married, had a child, and died in 1982. In the midst of the chaos happening, Patrick attempts to kill Virginia, who is the only person that knows he stabbed the girl's mother, but Mrs. Baker, a.k.a. the real Lenora, prevents it. Patrick then admits to Kit that it was him who really helped her mom commit suicide that night with the fentanyl pills, and Kit really is innocent after all. After all of this happening, the cliff on which Hope ends sits, collapses, and begins taking the house with it. Kit rescues Virginia with the help of Archie and Carter, and the real Lenora and Patrick allow themselves to be killed as the house topples into the sea. Virginia goes to live with Kit as her caretaker after this. They seem pretty happy together until one day Virginia disappears and leaves Kit a letter. In the letter, Virginia admits to being capable of way more this whole time. She claims she can actually walk and talk, and she pretended that she couldn't this whole time for many reasons, mainly because she really had nothing left to live for anyway, and also as revenge on her sister Lenora, since she would always have to be her burden. Virginia left that day with Jessie, the maid, who we find out is actually the granddaughter of Virginia. Jessie had done her research when her father died and realized that she was the granddaughter of Virginia Hope, got a job at Hope's Inn, and started communicating with her grandmother in secret. They created a plan to leave together one day. Virginia then travels the world with Jesse and becomes a famously a famous anomaly. Virginia invites Kit and Archie to join the two in Paris as they are all the family that each other has left. Kit goes on and remains Virginia's close companion until Virginia dies one day at the age of 101. The end. It had to be said. <laughs> confusing. It is confusing. It was so many twists and turns. It was 
It was so many twists and turns. It yeah. was like, okay, all right, I think I've got it. No. Yeah, yeah I was like, no, actually, this person is not Just real. kidding. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for that summary. You're it's very so welcome. helpful every yes. episode to have that summary. Yes. Good. So we'll dive right into our discussion-based questions. Some of these questions are pulled from um, a Princeton book review. Okay. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Um, let's get it. So the main character, as we just heard from that summary, is faced with difficult decisions to trust or really just like, ouch. My headphone just like went really loud static. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Anyway. Is it still like that? No, I just oh. I had to take that, that other side out. The anyway, sorry. Virginia Hope. I know. She's pissed. She's pissed. Oh, okay. So uh, let's rewind. The main right. character is faced with difficult decisions to trust or she's suspecting others. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just kind of like talk about the theme of trust in the novel and how it evolves. Okay. Yes. I didn't really even think of trust as a theme of uh, this novel until I saw this question. And I was like, yeah, that is a major theme. Yeah. So Kit had to trust people in this creepy house with such dark secrets. She had to just trust that they wouldn't hurt her like Virginia, a.k.a. Lenora or Lenora, a.k.a. Virginia. Such a good point. Yeah. But it turns out in the end, like, the one person who she probably really did trust, her father, had the biggest secrets of them all. So I guess it kind of just goes to show the overall theme that, like, you could think you know somebody so well. But the truth is, like, just in life in general, the the honest-to-God truth is, like, you can never know what exactly someone is thinking or has done. As much as you know somebody. There's always going to be something you don't know about someone. Which is kind of scary. That is scary. Yeah. And I guess that's when she has to trust herself. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I have, like, my thoughts were very similar. Like, her trust in the characters and her own judgment had to flip-flop so much. Yeah. Especially at the end. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like, the one person she thought she could trust. Um, but I do think she firmly believed and trust Virginia when she thought she was Loretta. Y- Lenore. Ladora. Yeah. Yeah. I literally put Loretta. <laughs> Loretta Lee. <laughs> I'm reading Freak the Mighty, and that's the villain's name, Loretta Lee. <laughs> Wait. Read a Freak the Mighty Maybe with my kids. Because when I was uh, in your room the other day, probably it says Loretta Lee. <laughs> Lenora. I think Wait, she that's was so like. True. I thought their relationship was cool. I think so too. Like, she really did. She she felt safe with her the whole time, even though this woman had been accused of literally, literally murdering her entire family. She was like, I don't know, something about her. I trust her. I know. And I think that's like one of the oddities in the book is that yeah, that trust never wavered. Like, I, I think throughout the entire thing, she was like, that's my bitch. <laughs> that's my bitch. And <laughs> I'm a stick posada. I'm a stick posada. That's so, so true. I love that. Yeah. Okay. What's next? The book is structured as a mystery. Were you able to anticipate the twists and turns or did the story surprise you? And how did the author keep you engaged in guessing? Okay, so many twists and turns that I almost found it, like, a little overwhelming, especially towards the end. There was a lot, but I was intrigued the whole time. I needed to know what happened. I definitely did not guess. Ooh, what is that? Oh, our alarm. I definitely didn't guess anything besides one thing. I was correct on the theory that um, Lenora, a.k.a. Virginia, was capable of more. I did feel like it was a Verity moment, like, she probably could move and talk and walk walking like a dog she was definitely walking like a dog up there like a dog (laughs) like verity (laughs) literally yeah we'll get into that we'll get into our controversy don't worry (laughs) 
Snap, snap. But snap, snap. as far as other theories, I was guessing the whole time. I was like, what's happening? I need to know. I had no idea. No. I got one correct. Which was your, what was yours? That Hope's End was going to shit itself. Yeah. I didn't think Hope's End was going <laughs> to shit itself, too. Oh, that's so sad that that's the one, wait, one inference I got right. Wait, and I did, um. Once we found out certain twists, there were moments that I was like, oh, I, I, I missed that, which I liked. Me too. Like mm-hmm. the footsteps. The footsteps. When she kept hearing the footsteps, I'm like, yeah. There was I like a little. I easily missed that. I feel like there was something else. It was that you the had eye collar. It was yes. like, um, I forget exactly what it was, but there were two times where the author talked about the color of each sister's eyes. And like one was green, one was blue. And then when Kit went to go talk to somebody about getting some answers, she said, I saw her green eyes. And I was like, wait, I thought that sister had the blue eyes. So that was kind of like a little hint right there that the two sisters had switched personas. Yeah. And that's an Easter egg that could have easily been overlooked. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. catch that until mm-hmm. we were kind of texting about it. I was like, yeah, dang, that is a good one. Yeah. That I, I like that there was Easter eggs at, um, because that meant we had like somewhat of a chance to guess some of to the guess. plots. Because I don't like when there's just no chance at all. It comes out of left field and you're like, wait. Yeah. Huh? There wasn't even like a conversation around, mm-hmm. you know. This book did a good job of yeah. tying the twists together. Or even, like, the dad's name being Patrick, short for Ricky. That could have – somebody may have caught on. I don't oh, know. You know? Likely. I didn't no. at all. I was like, Ricardo. Yeah. Come on, Ricardo. And the whole time, Ricardo was in his love nest. Aww, I know. didn't have nothing to do with it. I ship Ricardo and Carter. I ship. <laughs> they were cute. Wait, oh. I'm sorry. Not Carter. Who was it? Archie. Archie. Archie, yeah. Archie. There's so many fucking characters Y'all, in this book. so many characters, which – We'll get into that. Yes. Did you enjoy Kit's character? How did her character development change as the story unfolded? Okay. I did like Kit a lot. Um, I felt like she was relatable in the way that she was so curious. She just had to know what happened in this mansion. Like, she couldn't just go there and do her job. Like, she had to investigate. Because, like, same. Yeah. She was like, there's something fishy here, and I'm going to sniff it out. I'm going to figure this shit out. Something's (laughs) not right here. The smelly smell. It's smelly. (laughs) She had to figure it out. So, um, I did not, though, feel, like, super connected to her as a character because the plot was so thick and there were so many characters. Like, we didn't really get to know any of them super deeply, but I liked her. She was a good, she was a good main character for me. I liked her a lot, too. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's cool that you say, like, it was such a dense book and so much was happening that you really couldn't know too much about her. But I felt like she was a real person. Me too. Even without details and background. Me too. And I think that was because I enjoyed her inner dialogue. I enjoyed a lot of the characters' inner dialogue because it was easy to interpret. It wasn't like big fancy words, especially it being like Hope's End Mansion and Mm -hmm. that time period too. That's so true. So that's really just kudos to the author. Yes. Like the way it was written. mm -hmm. Agreed. Like the characters' dialogue and all. I totally agree. I felt I, love that. I felt like can, I felt like I understood her as a person, even though we didn't get that much of her. And I think a big part of that, like understanding her, was the aha moments that she would have when she was like mm-hmm. figuring the shit out. She was like, "Hold up, put this car in." Re- <laughs> and in she's like, "Get out of my car! Get out of here! Get out of here!" It was you. And then she ended up feeling so shitty because she was like, "Oh man, I literally kicked Carter out of my car, left him on the side of the road to die, and he was just like innocent." <laughs> He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, ma'am, I'm just like a victim here. She's like, get the fuck out of my car. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Left that man with dirt <laughs> flying in his face. Literally. That's that was crazy. so funny. 
Uh, speaking of Carter, this novel yeah. is full of secondary characters. If you read the book, you I mean, we had to keep like a family tree. Oh, yeah. There's so many people. Which character stood out to you and why? Jesse. Did you pick Same, her too? Same, I did. Okay, this might have had to do with the gorgeous voice that the audible narrator had. Is that what they're called? Narrators? Yeah, narrators. So. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who this this woman was, but I was obsessed with her voice. She had the perfect crispy rest, but it was like so cute. It was like, you know, when you're sick and you get like yes. that little rest. It's like, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Me too. I loved it. It was so, she had such a like soothing voice to listen to and um, very like intriguing. And when she did Jessie, she like played it up to be like a little cute teenager. Yes. And I just thought Jessie was so cute. Um, Would have loved way more for her from her. Mm-hmm. I also did not guess who she was like I didn't think she would be related to Virginia slash Lenora but I felt like there was something more with her I just couldn't figure out what that's what I said too I thought Jessie was very interesting for the same reasons like she was just like such a different character from everyone else in the book yeah but her energy was so different energy was different Mm -hmm. but I think what else made her like we knew there was something more was the recording of the books there was I knew and my mom had talked about this with me too there was something more to the recording of the books. Just didn't know what it was. Yes. And it ended up being that she was, like, secretly talking to Virginia, right? Yeah. They I were guess like, at the end, she was just like, hi, Grandma. By the way, Granny, <laughs> one-way tickets to Paris. She's like, we're going to get out of here, bitch. <laughs> I actually love that part of the book. I thought that was so cute. So interesting. I'm like, go live your best life. Yeah. Me too. With so. fabulous Jessie. Like, I just pictured her being so pretty and fabulous. I know, like a little brunette. I picture a little brunette, too. Yeah. yeah. Little tiny little things. Can we please start casting the yes. books? A hundred percent. Because we... We picked the same person when we were texting for we um, Kit. It was Victoria Padretti. I don't yes. know how to say her last name, but she's in all of the Hill House, Bly Manor. And she's also Love from You. Love from You. Yes. If you've seen You, she's Love, yeah. which I'm sure most people have seen You. Yeah. She would play the perfect Kit. Perfect Kit. Yes. Um, so wait, Jesse was who you thought too? For or who stood, who out, stood to you? out? Yeah, yeah. I love Jesse. Yeah, agree. Also, like who was kind of given some spicy energy, mm-hmm. and I feel like she needs to be mentioned. Um, Ricardo's wife. Oh, Beatrice. Wait, what was her name? Beatrice. Something like that. Beatrice. 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 <laughs> Maybe something like that. She was. She was like, tell Lenora I said I'll see her in hell. Yeah, I was like. <laughs> Oh. But you know, it turns out she was angry at the wrong person the whole yep. damn time. It was Carter. But you would do it too for a check. <laughs> she was getting her check. <laughs> you would do it too for a check. She blackmailed Put that them. on a t-shirt. Literally. <laughs> she blackmailed them and she didn't give a fuck. She was like, yeah, y'all will be sending me my money. Run it to me. Run me the money. Beatrice. <laughs> do not put, put Ricardo's name on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She was like, fuck that man. <laughs> It was so funny. And she's just, like, living in her assisted living. Like, yeah. Pay up. (laughs) Pay up. Direct deposit. I love it. Did the ending provide satisfying answers, or did it leave you with lingering questions? Oh, I felt like it wrapped everything in a bow, which I loved. Agreed. I felt like every ending chapter, there was, like, three chapters to wrap it up, and I was like, oh, there's more. But wait. wait. There's more. I loved how it said um, she... She wrote another little um, riddle, little jingle. I forget what it was, but it was so cute. When she, for um, Kit. Yeah. She wrote Kit like a little jingle. She was like at 97. I don't know. But it was cute. It was cute. And 
then after that, we got her obituary, and she was like, she lived to be 101. She lived her life. All of a sudden, she's just galloping around Europe. She couldn't live. She couldn't walk or talk for. You know what's crazy though? I feel well. I guess she wasn't. She would get up and move around, right? Yeah. Okay. Because I was say, if you're actually bedridden for that long, yeah, like, your, your body start. Work. Yeah, like your muscles. I feel like this is. Look, don't come for me, but like yeah. turn to jello. Right. Like, That's what I would think. You get bed sores and shit. Yeah. But, but but she was up and moving, doing her jumping jacks. Yeah, she was <laughs> late at night, and then everybody would come in and be like, "Who was that?" And she'd be like. She'd like lay <laughs> two taps, two taps. <laughs> knock, knock. She's like, she's like, was that you? She's like, knock, knock. No. <laughs> Wait, and then she made Kit look so stupid it's when the detective so funny. came. We remember that part when the detective came and was like, and Kit was like spazzing out. She was like, she fucking knows <laughs> what happened that night. Like, she's been typing to me on the yeah. typewriter. And the detective's like, have you been? And she's like, tap, tap. No. No. <laughs> she's like, she's lying. She's crazy. <laughs> See, if I was a kid, I would have been like, yeah, really, bitch? Damn, bitch. You were going to do me like that? <laughs> I'm trying to help you. That's but kind of what gave me together. a little hint that um, she was being sneaky. The fact yeah. that she lied to the detective, I was like, she's, okay, so she's Something's a liar. Up. So you're a liar. So you're a filthy little rat, <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> okay, well, let's kind of tie it up with a bow. Mm-hmm. If we Did you like it? Would you recommend it? I did like it. I liked it a lot. I will say it got a little confusing for me, yeah. but not too confusing where I didn't enjoy it or felt like it, I was too overwhelmed. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed my time with it. Would 100% recommend it. Recommend it. What I say was my, like, book of the year? No. I do feel like people live, breathe, and die for this book. They're like, best book of 2023. I don't think so for me, but I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed the book, too. Mm-hmm. I thought that the storytelling was lovely. Like you said, listening to the Audible because of that woman's voice. Yes, please. Loved it. Um, Also have some feedback from our Facebook post that we made. So we're in this group called Psychological Thriller Readers. Mm -hmm. It's such a good group. There's like thousands of people. People are always giving like really good recommendations for psychological thriller books. So I posted our little graphic on this book and I was like, y'all, what are y'all's thoughts on this? So many people commented and gave their thoughts. So I just picked three of them. So, Marcy said, this is one of the few books that I would say had too many twists at the end. I still enjoyed it, but the ending became very unbelievable as far as the multiple curveballs in the last few pages. However, I did love the gothic, spooky setting of the old crumbling house, and overall, Riley Sager is still one of my favorite authors. Okay. Second one I have is Abigail. She said, I love, love, love this book, and I want it to be a movie. Which, same. I think it would be a good series. It would be a really good series. Like a good short, uh, like four to eight episode series on Netflix. Very good. Same creator of Haunting of Hill House needs to pick this one up. That would be so good. Who can we talk to? Literally. Cut us a check. Right. Free idea. Um, And then the third one I have is from Kiki. Do you love me? Oh, what I'm fabulous here, like, name. Kiki Palmer? I love the name Kiki. Kiki. She spells it K-I-K-I. That's so cute. Cute. She said, I have a love-hate relationship with Riley Sager books. Do it. Excuse me. The twist always seemed to make me feel like the narrator was lying to me the whole time. However, I did not put this book down. So she still loved it. This was a hard one to put down. Mm -hmm. And that's all really good feedback. Yeah, it is. And I wanted to include that one from Kiki because I really do feel the same about books that make me feel like I was being lied to. Mm -hmm. I know I've talked about it a lot. But, like, that's one of my biggest book icks, if you will. Or, like, book pet peeves. Yeah, book ick. Is, like, a plot twist that... You never had a chance to see coming because the narrator just straight up lied. I'm cool with unreliable narrators, but 
I feel like this book, um, give us a chance. Yeah. And this book, I personally felt like I had a couple chances, so I was fine with it. But I get that. And there were, like, times, like, when they finally said that mm-hmm. Lenora, you know, that whole, was the sister, sister switch. Sister switch. Yeah. I had my headphones and I was, I, like, verbally was like, what? Yeah. Like, shook. Shook. Yeah. And I love that. I love that. I love being shook. All right. Um, speaking of Facebook, let's just address our little controversy. Let's address it. <laughs> so, in this psychological thriller group, on said beautiful graphic, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and look, there's always room for improvement. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, no, we love the best, constructive criticism. Always. But some people, okay, so on the graphic, we had said that you could compare the books to Fall of House of Usher and Verity. Mm-hmm. And a couple people were like, um, what are y'all talking about? Um, no, 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 this is not House of Usher. This is not Verity. And which <laughs> you're right, <laughs> they're actually not. You're right, runner, Ron. <laughs> no, you've got a part. You've got a part. We're not saying you don't have a part, but okay, people, this is not what we're saying. We're not saying that these books have the same plots as Verity and the Fall of House no, of Usher. No, we're no. saying they have the same energies, energies, same aur- aurora. Auras. Aura. Auras. That's the word I was looking for. But maybe it is her aurora. (laughs) Might be her aurora. (laughs) So, like, okay, here's the justification. Fall of House of Usher was about, first of all, a gothic house that's literally falling to the ground. The, okay, spoiler alert if you did not watch Fall of House of Usher and you want to. The house, like, does crumble. Like, that's, that, that happens in both the book and, wait. Fall of House of Usher and, (laughs) brain fart, Fall of House of Usher and the only one left. The house crumbles. So it's the same energies. It literally crumbles. It's about families who have like mass deaths. Like they all die because of dark family secrets. So it's the same energies. Thank you. And then Verity, that bitch was moving around upstairs, Verity. You know she was. Who wrote the note? (laughs) Who wrote the note? You know Verity was upstairs like this. Like you wrote over. Your girl was on the steps. She was lying. I know she could move more. Yeah, she she was on the stairs. Yeah, she was. She was watching. She was being crazy. So I think the um the idea of like, is she lying? Is she not? Can we trust Verity? Can we trust Lenora? Thanks. Was there. So it's just the same energies, okay? But like we hear y'all. We hear you. We hear and y'all. we see you. <laughs> we also know a lot of you in that psychological thrillers group. Yeah. Are finding your way to us. Yeah. And y'all are our people. Keep coming. Keep coming. Yeah. This way. That's, like, what I wanted to conclude conclude with. I wanted to conclude with, like, yes, we know there is a market and a mass group of people who love psychological thrillers. Just like your girls. And they love shooting the shit. So Just like your girls. <laughs> so they need to come we with us. We want to shoot the shit with you. <laughs> you just need to, we need to connect. Yeah, exactly. So, I love this. Win worlds collide. <laughs> Synergy. 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 So I'm going to keep um, posting our little graphics in the group so people can find us because they might get deleted. Yeah, we're probably going to get banned, but that's okay. I'm going to keep going strong in there because we love reading the comments of what other people think about the book. That's, I know. And I like how you included some in there. Yeah, and I wanted to include way more. So, like, I love, and then we also asked for suggestions on our next book, and that's how we picked our next book. Sure is. There's so many. Because of all of you. Yeah, because of you. You guys. So that leads us into our next book. Yeah. So next on the shelf, we have Sometimes I Lie by Alice Feeney. My name is Amber Reynolds. There are three things you should know about me. Number one, I'm in a coma. Number two, my husband doesn't love me anymore. 
Number three, sometimes I lie. Amber wakes up in a hospital. She can't move. She can't speak. She can't open her eyes. She can hear everyone around her, but they have no idea. Amber doesn't remember what happened, but she has a suspicion her husband had something to do with it. Alternating between her paralyzed present and the week before her accident in a series of childhood diaries from 20 years ago, this brilliant psychological thriller asks, is something really a lie if you believe it's the truth? Whoa. I'm Whoa. so excited for this book. Me too. Um, it's very viral. Like I think it's been out for a while, but a, a lot of people talk about it, and that was like the number one comment we got in that that um post post a lot yeah. of people not number one but a lot of people suggested this suggested this book so i think it's gonna be really good i'm excited i started it and it is really good also oh, yeah if you're gonna listen to the audiobook it's like a fabulous british accent or like london accent and i love it so y'all need to listen and read with us i please and thank am you. <laughs> please and thanks <laughs> i'm so excited for this next book it's yeah. been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. It's been such a joy. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Open Books Podcast. If you're listening on Apple, leave us a review, a written review. We want to hear from you. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a five star so we can keep finding our people. And we'll see y'all for the next one. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.